Gerard Long has written a book called Living Hope, and in this episode he shares with me the story of his near-death experience and the tragic loss of two of his three children. His 17-year-old son through suicide, and eight years later his daughter in a tragic accident. For many years, Gerard viewed his life as idyllic, and then suddenly things dramatically changed, and in 2015 his life started to unravel. Gerard said that it was his faith, his belief in God, that kept him going. But the losses put an enormous strain on his marriage, and for a couple of years things hung on a knife's edge. Gerard and his wife managed to turn their pain into something positive, and decided to help other people through adversity. They set up the Awakening to God Ministries in India and Africa, providing clean water for millions of families. And they have a website and Facebook groups where they offer comfort to grieving families and those struggling with life. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. And now over to Gerard. Thank you. So, hi Gerard. Lovely to have you on my podcast, Toxic Masculinity Behind the Mask. And we're looking at your fascinating story because you've written a book called Living Hope, Awakening to Faith, Peace and Purpose in Tough Times. And I was intrigued by your story and I found it really inspiring, but it's also quite shocking and extremely sad. So I don't want to give too much away. Um, And I don't think that really you could have gotten through any of what you're going to reveal to us without an awful lot of faith and hope. So um, let's start at the beginning and could you tell us what happened to make you write that book? Yes, I will. Hi, Sherry. Good, good to Hi. be on your, <laughs> on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yes, I'll be pleased to, to share a story. It is an unusual story. We, the, my wife and I pinch ourselves even now thinking, did this really happen? But yes, it did. So the start of writing the book came out of a dramatic uh, event that happened in my life um, on the 26th of October 2019. I had a cardiac arrest. I was watching England play New Zealand in the semi-final of the Rugby World Cup. I was at the time I was living in Malibu, California, and the the match was taking place in Tokyo. So it was 1 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> which was significant because if it hadn't been, I probably wouldn't be here today. Oh. I went round to my friend's house to watch the match. There was a, there was a few, few guys there watching it. England scored early on. My friends looked over to me to, to expect me to be jumping up and down. In fact, I was slumped in my chair and they thought I was having a seizure initially and then they realized it wasn't a seizure, it was a cardiac arrest. Mm. And um, one of the young lads, I was sort of mentoring this, this guy, he felt, he sensed he had a download from God, he felt it was from God. Um, he'd never done CPR in his life before, mm-hmm. um, but he just felt he needed to pump my chest 30 times and then do two mouth to mouth and go on like that. So he did that. In the meantime, my friend got his wife downstairs. She was asleep upstairs. She used to be a nurse. She came down and she said, I'm so sorry. I checked his vital and he's, he's gone. It. At which point, these two young young guys refused to accept that I was dead, and one of them started shouting at me, saying, "Gerard, come back, come back!" 
and the other one was pumping away with his uh, on my chest. Well, after 10 minutes, the first responders arrived. They took over for the next 20 minutes. Gosh. CPR, and then they did electric shocks to my heart. They did six or seven of those, and they were about to give up and say, well, we've, we've done you know, 30 minutes, we've done everything we can. Which point these two young lads said, no, no, do one more, do one more. <laughs> and they did, and they found a heartbeat. That is crazy. It is crazy. Well, the, the statistics in the States are that 395,000 people die of a cardiac arrest every year. Of those who have a cardiac arrest outside of a hospital, only 6%, 6 out of 100 survive. Mm. And of those who do survive, 9 out of 10 have serious brain damage. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, anyway, they rushed me to hospital. Um, I won't go through all the details, but it's uh, amazing things are happening there. They eventually they took me down to have an MRI on my brain. One of the medics came out and said to my wife, Jean, this is an absolute miracle. Um, he's got no brain damage. And she said, I've been in medicine for many, many years. She said, I've seen two miracles. Your husband is the second one. So I'm lying. I'm lying in my, my bed uh, in the ICU. I come around at this stage. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, God, why am I still here? Mm -hmm. what, what is my purpose for still being here? And I felt God wanted me to write about a period of catastrophic suffering that, that I've gone through, starting in 2005. To a certain extent, it's sort of carried on since then, but particularly between 2005 and 2014, went through a really, really painful time. And I felt God wanted me to share the things that he had given me in that time to help other people. Mm -hmm. So that was the, that was the reason I, I wrote the book. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, I've, I've, I've been fascinated by these near death experiences. So, um, that, that's, that's very, very interesting, but let's go back. Are you, are you happy to share what actually happened then in 2005 and then 2014? Yes, I will. It was between that period. Um, up to that point, up to 2004, life had been amazing. We've, my wife and I have been married for 24 years, had a, a beautiful marriage, three incredible ch children, Rebecca, Ben and Alex. I was um, an international banker, I, I was an expat because I was living at the time in Chicago, North Shore of Chicago, a place called Lake Forest. Mm -hmm. And um, everything was great. You know, we go through seasons in our life, and hopefully everyone, or everyone who's listening in can say, yeah, maybe they're going through it now, or maybe yeah. remember times when everything was great. And the, the, the sky was blue, the birds were singing, and the sun, everything's, you know, <laughs> fantastic. And those are good, those times. You should yeah. enjoy those times. But life doesn't, doesn't stay like that. I mean, the reality is that everyone suffers. No one escapes it. No. Uh, it's a fact of life, but, but we're not taught how to journey through it. No. Well, shortly after, I said to Jean, does life get any better than this? We, we went, everything started to go wrong. If you, if you know the Bible, all the scriptures, the story of a, of a guy called Job, who had everything, he was incredibly wealthy, and, and lots of 10 children, and lots of possessions, and suddenly it all goes wrong. And uh, it's like Satan attacks him and, and robs him of everything. 
Well, it seemed like that happened to us because everything started to go wrong in 2005. We came to the bottom of the rainbow, the bottom mm. of the, the valley, sorry, at the, at the end of 2005, when on the, on the 8th of November, our precious youngest son, Alex, is 17 years old, wonderful young man, great athlete, um, popular guy, was trying to help a boy at school, ended up taking a drug. They said it was marijuana, but anyway, it messed up his brain and he became delusional mm. and paranoid and he committed suicide. And our, our life just fell apart. I mean, it was just so, so painful. My precious wife, Jeannie, uh, her mother's heart broke and went from shock to horror to anger to hatred because the horrible thing with suicide is not, not just the grieving for the loved one and if it's a child it's that mm. worse yeah. I, I believe but it was the thought that why didn't we see it coming why didn't we stop oh. it why, why didn't we do something about it and of course then you get into blame she blamed herself she hated herself yeah she hated me why did you bring us to America? Why, mm. why did we move mm. to New York to Chicago? Why did Alex go to this school? On and on. She was trying to rewind the clock, so to speak, to bring Alex back. And uh, she she wanted to leave me. I mean, our, our marriage was now hanging by a thread. I've since learned that the, the suicide of a child, up to 19 out of 20 marriages fail. Wow. It's just the pain. The pain's just too, too horrendous. Gosh. Mm-hmm. So it was from being on the top of the... The mountain now I'm right in the valley now it's it's utter darkness utter pain and suffering and as well as Jeannie ran away from God but she lost her faith in God because she couldn't mm-hmm. reconcile how a loving God could have allowed this to happen yeah. been trying to serve him for 24 years and now this had happened so as much as she ran away from God I ran to God and I used to get up in the middle of the night go down to my study and literally cry I mean I wept from the bottom of my belly crying out to God for help offloading my pain and my grief and uh, in that time God gave me three epiphanies I, I, I won't tell you all because people can read the book to find out okay <laughs> it was it, they were very powerful very powerful things that God showed me that really helped me to journey through what we were going through and I felt his presence in those times of weeping um, it was so, he was like almost tangible mm. I sensed God putting his love in my heart and that love enabled me to keep loving Jeannie. She was hating me, but I can keep loving her. And I believe in love as light. Yeah. And as I was loving her, the, the light, the darkness started to be dispersed around her. And over over years, it took years, she she started to come out of, of this darkness, depression. So, so she nearly died of a broken heart. Her intestines knotted twice because mm. of her grief. She was nearly put into, into a psychiatric hospital because she was going to commit suicide just utter you know terrible but she started coming out and my daughter Rebecca helped her very much she came and lived with us for a while she helped her come out now in that time my grief went on and on because two months after Alex my sister died of cancer Mm. I was there when she died a few years after that my brother died of cancer I was there when he died my nephew Jeannie's nephew died in a car accident and then eight years after Alex had passed the unbelievable unimaginable happened when our beautiful daughter Rebecca, she was 32 years old, and she died in a tragic accident in Lake Michigan. Now, Jeannie had sort of surfaced in that time. Yeah. Our love was restored, and you know we were getting back to some normality. Mm. And then suddenly, suddenly, this happened, and 
and she's sucked down into the depths again. And she she couldn't go on. Her mother's heart absolutely shattered. She just couldn't go on, and so she decided to end her life. She went up, and I saw her going upstairs, and at this stage, she was like a zombie. She just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just absent. She went up into this room, Rebecca's room, and she wasn't going to come out, but when she went into the room, the room filled with light. Now, she didn't see a physical presence, but it filled with light. And she said it was, it was as though there was such love and joy in the room. Unbelievable. Mm. And she had a sense that Alex and Rebecca, our children, were behind her, but she didn't need to look because she was so enamored with who was in head, ahead of her. I believe it was, it was Jesus. Wow. He was there, and she said, for the first time, I could breathe. And he spoke to her many things. One of the things he said to her is, Jeannie, your, your grief is not your own, which is profound when you think about it. Interesting. Your grief is not your own. Yeah. So now she, she comes downstairs, and I look up, and I jump up from my chair, and I said, Jeannie, what has happened to you? Because her face was glowing. I mean, mm. she was glowing, and mm-hmm. her eyes were sparkling. And she told me what I just told you. She she told me what this incredible presence of God in this room, and it totally transformed her. And we still grieve. She still grieves. Mm-hmm. But somehow we have a purpose yeah. and a vision and love and strength to journey on. And so we, we say, okay, God, what, what do you want us to do mm-hmm. with, with this grief? We don't believe this happened for nothing. There's a reason behind it. Yeah. And we felt God wanted us to start this non-profit called uh, Awakening to God Ministries, which we've been running now for the last seven years, mm-hmm. which is all about giving comfort and hope to suffering people. And that could be people who are really poor. We do clean water wells in India. We've done mm-hmm. 58 villages now. Uh, mosquito nets, medical aid and food. So we help the poorest of the poor. Yeah. And then we send out messages on on social media and this last year we've just done the annual report we reached 58 million people with our messages of comfort and hope my goodness yeah that is yeah, not a small number that is unbelievable wow yeah. all around all around the world and um we've got five private facebook groups of different people maybe they're grieving a loved one maybe mm-hmm. they're suffering from um depression uh, mental health issues. Uh, it could be that they're addicted mm-hmm. uh, to something, or it could be that they, they, uh, their marriage or their relationships are breaking up. We help different groups of people. From the, the comfort we've received in our suffering, we're able to help other people. And so that's, that's how we, we used this great pain to, to help others. That is an astonishing story of I don't know all all the adversities that you had to overcome and find somehow in the depths of your despair that utter faith and belief that you know as you said there has to be a reason for all of this it can't just be for nothing and to to give yourself to God basically isn't it and to say Yes. you know show show me what do you want me to do with with yes. this and the way that you've now turned it around and you're transforming millions literally aren't you yes. millions yes. 
of people's lives is just it's just beautiful that out of some such tragedy something yeah. beautiful has been born out yes. of that so that it wasn't it wasn't for nothing then exactly exactly right and that and that's you know and it's never there's never been a time of greater need i suggest than now with all this going on with social media with all the problems with covid now and and more recently the whole issue of climate change um, I, I call it a crisis of hopelessness yes um, so in 2017 the world health organization announced that the biggest global illness now is depression mm -hmm. and the biggest cause of death for those under 35 is suicide yeah and that's before covid and before mm -hmm. we've highlighted the the climate issues and especially young people because they've grown up especially in the west in a atheistic culture mm -hmm. where there is no god there's no there's no one else who can help you yeah. we have to do it ourselves yeah we you're on your own answer. you know science will sort it out and the reality is no it won't and science doesn't have all the answers does it look at the mess we've made and uh, and continue to make mm -hmm. and there was a survey done recently a global survey of people people's young people's concerns about climate change and something like 78 percent of them uh, said we, they were really really anxious about what's going to happen 48 percent said every day they really really messes up their day because yeah. of this overriding anxiety mm -hmm. 56 percent said we're doomed and one person said you know i don't want to die there's a quote but i don't want to live in a world which hates children and hates animals i mean yeah. So you can see why the overdoses are going through the roof, and you can see why suicides are going through the roof. Because if your life stinks now, if you really have a horrible life now, and you see no hope for the future, yeah, exactly. Why do you want to go on? Yeah. And so, what we're saying is, there's a different lens that you can view your life through. And I, because I'm a person of faith, I I believe in what. Bible, I believe the Bible is God's inspired word to us, and so we can learn from that that there is something bigger and better to come, mm. and uh, and that is something that we can have great hope for, and that our life is not meaningless. I mean, in the in the evolutionary teaching, we're an accident. You know, we've come from nowhere, we're going nowhere. <laughs> You're just a biological accident, just and, a blip somewhere in the yeah, system, and there's no there's no purpose. No purpose for your life. Just you know, get on with it. Well, if if life is horrible, what's you know, it's what what's what is what do you go from there? Mm -hmm. Whereas I would say, and I believe scripture. What scripture says is no. Every person in this on this planet, God knew before He created the world, and He's got a plan for every person made out of perfect love. And if they let Him, He will show them that plan, and they'll come into fullness of life in that plan. Now that's that's purpose mm -hmm. and that's hope yeah and those two things are absolutely crucial if you're going to enjoy life and to live to the full even if you go through the hard times you can have victor frankel he wrote a book he was a psychiatrist who was at Auschwitz, mm -hmm. and he saw terrible terrible things happening there but he noticed and he said in this book and i can't remember the name of the book now it's gone from my mind for a minute but he said in this book i think something like the purpose of man or something mm -hmm. he noticed that the the people who were surviving were the ones who realized that they they still had a purpose in life. Yeah. They had something to offer to other people. 
And that's one of the things we, we raise up these what we call hope warriors, people who, like us, like Jimmy and me, are willing to say, yeah, what happened to me was horrible, and it really hurt, and it still hurts maybe, but you know what, I want to turn it around to help others. And if we all did that, we the world would be a different place, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so we're trying to encourage people to, to, to see their lives through a different lens. But how do you... Um, is it teach how 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 do you approach then the 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 healing process with with a couple who are grieving and can't see a way out of that grief can find no purpose because nature says that we go before our children yes. our children aren't supposed yes. to leave us yes. are they yes and yes. that is quite inconsolable, isn't it? So how do yes. you reach those people? Yeah. Well, I, I, I have five keys, five ways that I, I encourage people to, to think about their journey of grief because it is a journey and it's important that we grieve well. I'd say that, that we grieve well, that you don't rush through it. And so the, the first step is that very point, is, is that, that grieve well, don't, don't rush this. You know, uh, previous cultures in history, they took sometimes up to a month or more of, of grieving. Mm -hmm. our, our culture, we're going so fast that sometimes we can rush through grief and it comes back to bite you later on then through yeah. depression or through panic attacks or things like that. If, if you've had some trauma in your life, something that's held, stopped your world and caused you great pain, just like with a broken leg, you, you've got to heal. And even more so, your soul. Your soul needs time for some healing to take place. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people, don't bottle it up, especially for guys, because we have mm -hmm. this very strange and sad idea that somehow you can't... You've got to be strong. Weep for, men, weep for men to cry. Yeah. Absolutely, where did that come from? Absolutely Stoic. That's not, that's not strength. <laughs> strength is when you lay your life down for somebody else. That's, that's strength. No, no, to cry is to be human. To cry is to be yourself. Mm. Just like, so laughter is, you know, a form of an emotion we have. Crying also is the form of emotion that we have as human beings. You become more personable when you are your real self. Yeah. So don't bottle it up. Let the tears flow and, and flow well. And if you're trying to help someone who's in grief, I always say, just have the ministry of presence. Yeah. Do not try and fix that person. You know, it's a that's a good message. Strange things for people in grief. You know, oh, time will, will sort it out. That doesn't help. That really doesn't help. You know, or or they, they quote scripture at them or something like this. No, no, no. You just want to be there loving on that person. Let them know that you, you, you care about them and you love them and that you're praying for them. That's the best you can do. Mm -hmm. Don't try and fix them. And everyone grieves at different times. It took Jeannie two years to come out of her, the depth. We all say it's like a deep sea diver. You can't rush it, mm. otherwise you get the bends. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you've got to come up at the right time. So that's step one. Step two is love. Love is the greatest force in this universe. Uh, we all need to be loved, and it's like we have a love tank inside of us. You, know, you could say it's your soul. When we face some sort of grief, that love tank is quickly emptied, and we feel very empty, and mm. very raw. Um, Jeannie wanted to push everybody away. All the, everyone she knew, even me. Yeah. She was like, 
she had a terrible burn and she couldn't stand anyone nearby. Mm. Allow love to come into your into your tank again. And that, that happens with different ways. Think about the people who love you. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your, your parents, maybe it's a brother or sister or a great friend. Start to think about how they care for you. And, and then learn to love yourself as well. And what I mean by that is that you've got to allow your senses to be energized again. Because when, you're, when you've been emptied through grief or sorrow, whatever it is, or suffering, you become numb. You've got to allow your, your senses to be energized again, and that helps to fill your love tank and start to fill you up again. What I mean by that is you know, go out into the sun, sunlight, just sit in the sun and feel the sun on your face. Feel the warmth of the sun. Or listen to a bird singing. Mm. That, 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 that little song or that tiny little creature start to bless you. Or uh, maybe maybe it's touch. You know, Maybe there's something of, of touch that you love to... I love to swim. You know, I feel the water on my skin. Mm. It feels soothing. It's, it's very loving. Um, smell the fragrances of the, of the flowers again. Um, you look at their beauty as well. Look at the sunset. Let a sunset speak to you. And taste, yeah? Don't overeat, but enjoy food again. Yeah. And so in that way, you're building up love again. Number three, embrace what has happened to you as part of your journey. Don't try and pretend it hasn't happened. It has happened. And it's part of you now. And yes, it's painful, but it's yeah. part of you. And you can now help people in a way that you would never be able to help them before. You have the gift of empathy. We should all have compassion, but empathy is when you've been through a terrible suffering and you can empathize with people who are going through the same thing because you've been through it yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a gift. Yeah. You can help someone in a way that others can't. Yeah. I had an al alcoholic said to me, I, 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 not that I've been an alcoholic, but he said to me, I, I only like to speak to you, even the head of psychiatrists and others, because I know you've been through grief. And yeah. Pain. You understand where I'm coming mm -hmm. from. And then, the, you know, a big part of that is forgiveness. If, if you've been deeply hurt by someone, uh, something's happened, uh, you've been betrayed, whatever it is, forgiveness is really, really important. If you don't forgive, it, it, it will eat you up inside. It won't, hurt, it won't hurt the other person. No. It'll just eat you up inside, and it will cause you to become bitter. And you want what's happened to you to embrace what's happened to you to become a better person, not to become a bitter person. Mm -hmm. And so you must forgive. And you ask God, ask God to help you to forgive. Yeah, because uh, that's, I very think, important. very yeah. tough. That's a tough one, hard. isn't it? It's a very hard one. But take time. Don't skim over it. Don't skim over it because, because again, it'll come back to bite you later on. So accept this is part of you now and you can help people with Number, number four is have promises that you hold on to because I've, I, I know that the waves of suffering, the waves of grief come in like a storm, like, like the waves in the, on the, in the ocean. And you see everything seems fine and suddenly they come over you again. You know, they come back to you. For me, I, I, because I'm a person of faith, I love scripture. And so I hold to the promises in the Bible. Think promises like God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of my darkness, when everything was screaming, God hates you and God's not there for you. I held on to that, that scripture, that promise. No, God no, does love you. It says it here. Yeah, Yeah, it says it here. I can hold to that promise. It was like an anchor for my soul. 
That's very important. And then the fifth, the fifth thing is, is calling. And that comes back to what I said about hope warriors earlier on. Hope warriors, where you turn it around for good. A lot of people just stop. If you, if you were to summarize the three, what you go through with grief, mm-hmm. the first one is, is comfort. The second one is rest to be restored. I'll explain how that happens. Mm-hmm. The, third, the third step is triumph. And that's where you enter your calling to help other people. So that's that's how I would how I'd, you know, help people who are grieving the loss of a child um, or the loss of a relationship or whatever it is. Um, and people will be at different stages. So I wouldn't, for example, if it's if it's just happened, I wouldn't suggest, oh, you know, you can help other people. No, they're not, they're no. Not there. no, no, <laughs> no, no, they're not ready one. for that. No, they're not ready for that. So you have to be sensitive to where people are at and gently guide them along those 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 five steps. Mm. I think um, the what your story shows is how difficult the whole grieving process is, but also that we do grieve, as you said, differently. And when yes. you're actually in a relationship, yeah. you're both grieving the same thing, the same loss, but you're yes. grieving it in a different way. And right. I do see how difficult it can be for a couple yes. grieving to actually stay together when one's in one yes. corner grieving in their way and the other one's in their corner grieving in their way and w- and where do you meet where is that middle point where you can meet because maybe you see your partner and you don't think they're grieving enough yes that's right that it doesn't that's seem right. to have affected them they seem to have been able to move on yes. quicker it, it. it's it's so complex it is and that is exactly right and Jeannie used to get very angry with me because she felt I wasn't grieving she didn't realize I was going down in the middle of the night to, to weep and cry and, and uh, so she she exactly exactly what you said she used to get very cross with me that I was living my life and, and carrying on my life but I was getting strength out of being with God in that time hmm. you know I think I think it, it's it comes back to love there's a scripture that says love covers over a multitude of sins and in that time of grieving, you're going to hurt each other. You're going to hurt each other a lot. And it may be very one-sided. For me, it was, Ginny was just, it was very, very painful. You know, her, her mother's heart was broken. I knew I needed to keep loving her. And the Bible talks about love, love is patient. Mm-hmm. Love is kind. It's gentle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not self-seeking. Yeah. It holds, no, it holds no record of wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you can start building up. Oh, you said that to me. I'm going to remember that, and the yeah. next time I have an argument, I'm going to come back. And yeah, say, yeah. No, I was yeah. No record of wrongs. Um, now you can't love that way without having love poured in, and that's that's the promise in Scripture that God said, "I'll, I'll pour my love into your heart by my Holy Spirit." So I was getting getting that love when I used to go down to, to my to my study. There's a Scripture that says, "We go boldly to the throne of grace." To obtain mercy and find grace mm-hmm. to help in time of need, and that's where I believe God was doing. I, used to, I, I told you I sensed God's presence, and I felt this incredible love that, that was present with me, filled my love, my heart again. There was a couple of times, I have to be honest, where I, I said to God, "I, I, I can't. I've come to the end now. Yeah. Just, I just keep trying, and it's been thrown back in my face." Mm-hmm. But I said, I know that you want me to. And if, I know, if you want me to, you've got to pour in more love. I yeah. need more love. Help me. Give me more love, more grace. 
And I, you know what? Both times I woke up the next morning and I had more love for Jimmy. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. That's, That's really on. incredible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. To, to, to parents out there listening who who are grieving, whichever stage of the grieving process that they, they are, are at, but as yes. parents, so as a couple, yes. what would be your your biggest message for them to get them through as a couple? Yes, yes. Well, you know, I, to come out the other end still yes. together. Yes. First of all, I, I would say, um, I would talk about hope. Uh, and I, I would tell them something that, that uh, Winston Churchill said in the Second World War, never, ever ever, ever give up. Mm -hmm. um, there's another scripture about love. It said, love never fails. Love never fails. And so even though it's so painful, and some days will be more painful than others, keep going. Keep, keep trying to love each other. Uh, keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Keep crying when you need to cry. Um, and if you can, Jeannie, when Jeannie got her faith back, we one of the things that's always been right at the centre of our marriage is that we pray together. Mm -hmm. And so we, we share our grief to God together and one another together. And we can talk openly about our pain. And I would encourage people to do that. A couple, if you're grieving a loss of a child, is you know, it's it'll probably be awkward because you're when you're hurting, it feels awkward to open up sometimes. Yeah. But it's very very healing to better to, to, to share with one another how how you're feeling and the things that you're going through and so you can understand each other a bit more and and then to be able to pray about it and and you're going through it together then you're sort of helping each other exactly recognizing that you're different you're not going to grieve the same way and it's okay and that it's okay. different exactly you're on a journey this is a journey it's not, it's not overnight and it, as it may take years, it took Jeannie years, years. and we we still grieve, of course we do. Yeah. We still grieve our children. We've got Christmas coming up mm. desperately. You know, it makes me feel, oh, I'm a week now. Mm. Rebecca always used to do our Christmas tree, and she was Aww. very beautiful. She used to decorate it, and uh, she she's not here to do that now. But I have hope because I'm going to see her again, and, uh, and, and I'm going to see Alex again, and that's, that's a great hope for us. And that's something I'd say to the parents mm. hopefully you're people of faith if not I encourage you to receive Jesus and just ask him to come and be be in your life and your heart because that's the promise of eternal life that we're, I'm going to see them again it's just this now we missed them we missed them yeah and you said you had three children so yes. what happens when we've spoken a lot about the parent who's lost their child or children in your case Yes. What happens to that remaining? I mean, Rebecca had what nine nine years after Alex had taken his life. Eight, eight, eight years it was actually eight, 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 and, a half, eight, eight and a half years. Okay, so yeah, that's a different grieving process, isn't it? And then, of course, you've got your youngest son yeah. who's now alone. Well, he's the middle son. The middle son. Oh, Alex was our youngest. Rebecca was our eldest. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. So you've got one surviving child. Yeah. How, yeah. you know how how does how do they navigate their their way because i think as parents it's also important to remember that that surviving child 
is going through their own form of trauma, aren't they? And they can see it's I for me, I think it could even be different because they're seeing their parents yeah. in in such a state yeah. of despair. And and they've always looked to their parents to tell them what to do and what the answers are and stuff, and yet they see them broken, yeah. and then they're they're grieving themselves. Yes. So I wonder yes. if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, again, it's everyone's very different, and again, you've got to just be tolerant and you've got to be understanding and patient. Um, ben lived with us for a bit. Um, and then he was living in, we were doing the states, he was living back in London, and suddenly he got Crohn's disease. And I think, you know, a lot yeah. of us through grief that he, he, he'd gone through, mm -hmm. the pain that he'd gone through. And, excuse me, he's, he's had a tough, he's had a very tough journey. Um, one of them, he's, he's living with us right now, actually. Oh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, it all comes back full circle, doesn't it? Yeah, we'll be together <laughs> over Christmas. and know we can talk about, about we did the other day it was it was Alex's um, birthday mm. uh, the 13th of December he he uh, he would have been 34 and uh, so we just had a moment where we just shared a little bit about our memories of Alex mm -hmm. uh, just have a little quiet and stillness from, you know in that memory and that was a sweet time mm -hmm. um, it's recognizing yeah we we're, we're bonded in grief uh, we're bonded in the pain and uh, we can help each other along along the way, but again, it, it takes time. I think that's one of the things you have to re realize with grief, and if people are hurting, I think that, you know again that the, the ministry of presence, as I said, is just to be able to be there to show um, that you're not going to go away, yeah. and that you you care, you are the anchor, that you're there for them. That's right, and yeah, you can absorb like I had to do with Jeannie's pain, like you can absorb their pain without reacting and turning it, turning it back on them. It's almost like you're sponging up some of their pain. Yeah, well, you're big enough, aren't you? In... To relieve their pain, yeah. You want to make sure you keep giving it off to God, though, and keep on being filling your tank, otherwise you yeah. won't keep doing that. So, but I think that's the, that's the thing, is, is you can help them by just being there for them and loving on them, thinking about how you can fill their love tank again. Um, not in a, an overtly in-your-face way, but just very, very gently and simply. You know, maybe there's something that they enjoy doing or used to enjoy doing. You could perhaps suggest something to them or, or, or encourage them in some way. Obviously, pray for them. And their prayer is a huge thing in our in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Cause but I feel them, and also there's you know there's groups we have we have these grief groups now on online, awakening to God ministries right waiting to god.org it's on our facebook page mm -hmm. um and what uh, what can people find there well we have a facebook group it's a group i think there's about 114 people now in the grief in the grief group mm -hmm. uh, for example where you can online and we're going to just going to start doing smaller yeah zoom groups so at the moment we just share articles and songs and stories scripture that they can receive every day. They can start to, to, to receive things to help them on the journey of, of grieving. But then we're going to start doing some Zoom groups as well this, this next year where we'll probably have about 20 or so in a group where people can come and just, in a very relaxed way, obviously, because you're online, mm. but you can start sharing your journey. Yeah. And, 
and that can be very therapeutic mm. when you're when you're hearing that people are going through exactly the same things you're going through, and uh, and then maybe someone a bit further on, and they can help you, yeah. encourage encourage one another. That's good. So so important, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Es especially in these these times where we can't always be with the people that we love. Yeah. We're, we're separated for different reasons, aren't we? And yes. and it's so important to know that in your grief, in your isolation, that you aren't actually alone. I think that's the yes. most important message. And I yes. think the biggest comfort yeah. when you're going through yeah. something like that. That's very true. And I, even, even people who haven't gone through any sort of suffering or grief, the whole social media culture tends to generate this idea that you're losing out, you're missing out, your life is, is horrible compared to everybody else. Yeah. You see all these smiley faces. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's having fun, aren't they? Except fun. you. Everyone's looking beautiful, you know, and their, their life, and you feel, well, I haven't got any of that. <laughs> I did it, yeah. It's a, big, it's a big, you know, it's a charade. It's a yeah, mirage. it's a big lie. It is. We, we, we all go through the same things in life, and, um, and, just understanding that and and it, yes you may be going i talk in my book about the seasons you know we go through seasons in life i talk about it in two ways first of all there's this there's a season that we go through in how things are going so for example it, it, you, you may be in the summertime like i said at the beginning everything's yeah. great but then like i mentioned you, you you start things start falling apart things aren't going so well that's the autumn you know the leaves are falling mm, off what's going yeah. on things that used to work don't work anymore mm -hmm. and you move into the winter and it's really the tough. bleakest Bleak, time yeah, isn't it dead. it looks as though you've got no hope these, yeah these trees there's no hope they're dead mm -mm. all seems then, lost it all seems lost exactly <laughs> but then springtime again that's why i say never give up because things are going to turn around so that's one form of season, but then I also talk about a longer season in, in terms of, because in my book I help people to find God's purpose for their life. And I look at things like your upbringing, um, what you went through, going that's a season of your life where you learn things in that time. And maybe it wasn't pleasant, mm -hmm. but guess what? You've learned things that are invaluable now as a yeah. person, as a human being. And then I talk about the seasons of your gifts and abilities. You start to realize that God's given you gifts and abilities. And he wants you to use those. It's a, it's a, it's a signpost towards what he wants you to be doing. And then, of course, there's experiences that we go through. Uh, we've talked about that already. All of these point us towards our ultimate calling in life and how God wants us to help other people. So to know him and love him, but also to help other people. Mm. And you know, we, we live in a very narcissistic culture where it's all about me. And it's not all about us, you know. It's not meant to be that. It's meant to be all about God and, and pleasing Him. And out of that, you know, it says in Scripture, if we love God, we're going to love other people. Yeah. We should be looking out for others. We should be looking to help other, other people and doing what we can to bless them. Yeah. And, and give them love. It's know, that support. community, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's when you come alive. It's when we start looking inward and making us self God. Yeah. Everything goes wrong. Yeah. And I think also, once you come out of that grieving process, and yeah. a little like depression or, or anything when you just feel, you know, like you've been abandoned. Yeah. 
the 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 greatest thing I've found is volunteering. Yeah. Actually, it. isn't it? It takes you out of yourself. Yes. Exactly. Out of your head, gives yes. you a perspective. That's it. And there's something rewarding, isn't there, yeah. about yeah. helping other people yes. less fortunate yes. than you or who were in that place that you were in, but you're now not. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's like I said earlier on, it's starting to look at life through a different lens. You know, we grow up with a value system of this world, which it's a broken world, let's face it. It's a very, very broken world, uh, increasingly so. And as we grow up, again, it's a lot of it's atheistic teaching. Um, the, that, that's the lens that we see through, we see life through. And there's another lens you can do. As we said, there's a different way of looking at it, looking at it through God's, God's eyes, and we see that through Scripture, where it, it talks about who should be first in your life, you know, and, and how you help other people and love other people and care for them and speak well of them, mm -hmm. have an attitude of gratitude, you know, all, all of these yeah. things yeah. Um, make a massive difference to your mental health. Because you're you're living life with a different vision, a different view, and it lifts you up. Even I can say that because I've been through the, the most horrific pain and suffering, and I can say this works. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, you're living um, testament, aren't you, to yes, that? Yes, 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 exactly. And uh, and that's why we want to tell as many people as we can because this is good news. Yeah, no, it, it is wonderful that you know through the 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 darkest of of situations and experiences that you've had to come through that there there is hope and you can find joy again and yeah. live a wonderful a wonderful yes. life i mean i don't think that there's a more powerful message really no well thank you uh, no, it's, it's true it's true and, and it you, you mentioned joy i i you probably realize i i have this incredible joy even though it's a paradox, really. Um, it, there's, a, there's a scripture that says, suffering yet always rejoicing. It's a paradox, because on the one hand, yeah, we do have moments. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to suffer, really, yeah. do they? No, no. But it is a fact of life, let's face it, because we live in this broken world. But to be able to go through it and to triumph in it, to not let it beat you, but actually to beat it, so to speak, and to turn it around for good, yeah, and to experience this incredible love and peace and joy mm. in the midst of it that's supernatural living that really yeah. is I mean, it's a it's gift incredible. it's a gift it's wonderful and it's there for everybody that's why i tried in fact, I was, we were in church for the christmas carol service yesterday and we, oh. they were talking about the the, the christmas message when, with the shepherds you know that the angel came down with you good news of great joy because because a savior has come come to you for you and everybody on mm -hmm. this planet and, and that's really great news. And he's, he's come to bring us into a relationship with God, but also then to help us on our journey, to give us his life in, in exchange for our life, which is a good exchange. Instead of being self-centered, we become God-centered. That's, yeah. that's the key. Yeah, no, and, and a very apt message that you bring here as well. Yes. It's, Chris, it's Christmas time. <laughs> very timely. Right? Yes, Absolutely, time. yeah. Uh, no, it's, yeah. A, it's a wonderful note to end on i it, it's been fascinating talking to you gerard and i'm just um so grateful and thankful for you to be sharing your story because as easily and as readily as you speak about it i know that it's not a given that that 
you know, it, 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 it takes a lot of courage at first to be as open as you have been. And I just hope that there's going to be a lot of people that will find comfort in your words, in your story and in your book. So if you'd like to um, let everyone know who'd like to find out more about you, about your book and how they can connect with your different um, channels and offerings, um, yeah. then l let us know. How, how can they find you? So the, the, the book you can get on Amazon, it's probably the easiest way, all, all major bookstores have it, and it's called Living Hope. It was a bestseller in, in three categories on Amazon. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Living Hope, Gerard Long, you'll you, you look it up and find it there. We have, a, we have a website for the book. It's called livinghopebook.com, and you can find a bit more about our story there. Okay. Our website for ministry is awakeningtogod.org. Mm-hmm. And then you can contact us through through that website. And then we have our, all the major social media channels. Facebook, we got over 650,000 followers on, on, on there. Um, and then Instagram, YouTube, we've got nearly 10,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. We just issued uh, another song we've done to comfort people. Um, and uh, yeah, all through there, please, please make use of it. It, it encourages us yeah. because it, we feel again, God's turning it around for good from, from all that we've been through. Well, it obviously resonates with an awful lot of people and you're, you're, you're bringing an awful lot of comfort to people. And, you know, I, I you know, would like to just honour you for, for that and, you know, all the wonderful work that you're doing out there in the world. Thank you, Shay. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's been an honour and a privilege to be on, on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. Thanks, Sue, and to you too. And a happy Christmas. Thank you. Happy Christmas to you too. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and took comfort from Gerard's story if you have also experienced the loss of a child. It's a story of overcoming multiple losses through sheer faith, acknowledging that it does take time and everyone grieves in their own way. It takes great love and courage. Gerard and his wife have a Facebook group for people who are grieving so that they can connect with people going through a similar journey. So if you're interested, look up Gerard Long on Facebook. And Gerard's book, Living Hope, can be found on Amazon. So um, go and get yourself a copy. And if you have a story that you would like to share, then reach out. Get in touch with me and email me on shari at shari.lewisandfresh.com or leave me a voicemail message. So thank you. Until the next time.